The million dollar question, how do entrepreneurs transition from self-employed to owning a business that turns a profit? My name is Chris Waters, and this podcast has the million dollar answer. Welcome to CEO Secrets. Hey guys, it's Chris Waters. Welcome to CEO Secrets. Super excited to have the president of Century 21 on our podcast today. Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much for coming on here. Hey, Christopher, I really appreciate the invite. And uh, like I said earlier, can't believe it's March already. Time to hit the spring selling season, my friend. That's right, man. It's, it's, it's upon us. Well, I have, man, I have so many questions for you. Um, I, I know you don't know this. Um, I actually, my group in Austin actually got an offer from Realogy. And Realogy wanted to buy my group in Austin because they wanted a Century 21 franchisee to be able to expand into the Austin market and, you know, fly the Century 21 flag. So that's a little interesting uh, connection the two of us have. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that happened, I guess, about five years ago, back in 2015. Well, I mean, I, I think I probably told you earlier, you know, we have, uh, I, I ran the brokerage uh, franchise expansion group for probably a decade. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways to grow out there. Uh, M&A is one of them. We've seen some some interesting competitors uh, get into the space and grow up real quick with a bunch of money and, and the M&A route. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a great business and things are certainly cyclical. And, you know, who knows, sometime, at some point, maybe you're going to say, hey, I'm going to plant the Century 21 flag right there. In <laughs> well, let me ask you something. It seems like Century 21 tried to, you know, re not reinvent itself, but you know, came up with a new brand to try to, you know, um, level up its identity. You know, I've, I've, I've always been curious, um, Century 21, it is owned by Realogy, right? This big publicly traded company. And um, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, again, we probably, you and I come in two different worlds. Like I'm all about like agent, you know, not that you're not about agent productivity, but like the agents on my team, you know, they're selling 80 to 120 homes each, right? And so in the brokerage world, you know, if you can get your average agent in the office to sell six, 12, 18 houses, you feel pretty good about it. So like it's, you know, there's been obviously a huge shift over the last decade to these teams. There's a lot of people that buy like a Century 21 franchise or they buy a Better Homes and Garden franchise or what, or Sotheby's or whatever. And it's like, they don't actually implement the uh, franchise ORs um, operations manual and fully leverage all the tools and benefits of the franchise or, and they, you know, run a totally different organizational structure. So what are, are you guys kind of following in that trend of like, you know, how you're helping your franchisees set up success or is it about the brand? I guess, like, how are you guys, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk, right? At Inman about the industry changing and, um, you know, becoming very difficult to run a brokerage when you're playing the agent count game, right? So I, a lot, a lot of good questions in there. So first and foremost, yes. Um, Century 21 falls under the Realogy umbrella. We have a bunch of obviously different brands inside of the Realogy organization. We run one of the uh, the world's largest relocation companies. We have you know title and settlement services. Uh, we own our own brokerage. We're you know by sales volume the largest brokerage in the United States through the NRT, um, which is now the Realogy Broker Group. Uh, but but the answer, the short answer to your question is yeah, Century 21. Um, was probably the originators in the space, right? You, you'd mentioned, Christopher, there's a lot of disruption out there right now. And I think that's the one constant that's always going to remain in real estate is 
things are constantly moving forward. People are going to look at a different way to do business more efficiently, more effectively to hopefully, in my mind, serve the consumer uh, in a better fashion, right? At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So yep. yeah, we, Century 21, just went through a rebranding about two years ago uh, because we recognized as literally we're going to be 50 years old next year, started in Southern California. And as I mentioned, the original disruptor, we were, we were a brand that went out and wove together all of these local mom and pop brokerages and put them under one big flag. And it was like, holy cow, look at this marketing and this expansion. And, you know, people seemed like they were cut from the same cloth and from the same family under that Century 21 brand. And, you know, what it's, what it's been able to do for us is, is created tremendous consumer awareness. Um, but to your earlier point, I think, and this is a good one to make is that, you know, we are not like a McDonald's or, you know, a Wendy's where, uh, we're a format franchise where we tell you, you know, how long to cook the fries and how quick you need to get everybody in and out of the drive-through line, right? Yep. Um, what I think the the Century 21 brand allows you to do, uh, and we have, believe it or not, we've got a lot of different models inside of the Century 21 family, uh, not just here in the U.S., but around the globe that operate maybe in a similar fashion to what you're doing there. Mm -hmm. uh, some Some that are literally brokerages that are built on on the team concept um and a lot of you know larger scaled more traditional type companies that run you know dozens of offices across a large region so what's the uh, big value prop for a for, for a prospective franchisee what's the big value prop for uh century 21 is it the brand yeah i i think first and foremost it's the brand it's it's yeah. like you don't have to sit at the kitchen table and explain who Century 21 is to any consumer around the world, right? They know it's a real estate company that actually has been around the, uh, the block once or twice and that, you know, we have a, a recognized name that you're, you're not going to have to explain. Do you to me, the true value prop. Do you think ahead. the consumer hires the real estate agent at the kitchen table because there was Century 21 or because of that agent? No, it's absolutely the agent. The agent's got to prove value every single day. But but I think what the Century 21 name does is it, it brings validity, um, you know, and a safe choice for a consumer. Absolutely. And so I think this is cool for our audience to know. You personally helped build one of the largest relocation lead generation engines, right? It was a referral organization. Was a referral organization. Yeah, I want to I, I want to get into that. And but and I apologize for interrupting you about um, the value prop. So let me, I want you to keep going, I, I, but don't let me forget because I want to know more about the uh, referral thing you did. So, so that, that referral thing is not as exciting as some of the other things I've done. I, I, would, I would chalk that thing up to a, um, a lesson in, you know, maybe uh, not, not failure. You know, you got to fail a lot in life in order to, in order to keep moving and, and climb. But um, so that referral platform was a, a company that we wove together at Century 21, which basically it was, it, we created a LIFRO in the downturn. So a lot of agents were leaving the business and still had their license and were connected. And what we did was we set up brokerages in 48 of the 50 states in order to create a, a, a nationwide LIFRO. But that, that's a whole different story. I can go on about that forever. Let me, let me go back to the value proposition. I, I think at the end of the day, for a local broker, a local owner, a local team leader, entrepreneur, um, the value in a franchise like Century 21 or a brand like Century 21 is that 
you know, if you've ever read the book, uh, The E-Myth, it, it allows you to go and work on your business versus having to work in the business. And it, it provides a platform from, you know, whether it's technology all the way through tools, systems, foundations, and training for somebody to scale their business and to go out there and grow. Um, and I think essentially that's, you know, that's kind of what you look for in a franchise like the Century 21 brand are local broker owners and entrepreneurs like you, Christopher, who's been very successful scaling across different marketplaces who have that vision of doing something bigger. You have, and so uh, Realogy bought uh, Zip Realty, which was started by some really smart guys out of the Silicon Valley. And they built this really cool Legion system called Zap. Is that, is that what you guys are, is that what you're still giving to the uh, Century 21 franchisees, the Zap um, platform? So, yeah, so, so Zap, uh, it's great, great point. So Zip Realty was a, a company bought or, or founded really in that Silicon Valley area. In fact, we still uh, have a lot of developers and a, a fully functional office there in Emeryville, right, right over the Golden Gate Bridge. I think they probably, Austin was probably one of the 20 markets that they were a brokerage in. Um, they also had a platform, I think, called Powered by Zip, where they were sending you know leads into other marketplaces but weren't necessarily a brokerage uh so the answer the short answer is yes we we uh you know we we purchased zip for their technology um and and also acquired their brokerage in those 20 different marketplaces and we started building this is probably gosh it was uh almost five plus years ago at this point, I think. Um, but what we did was we, we repurposed their model and their technology to go out and run our technology base. Um, in the news recently, literally at the beginning of this year, is that while there's certain components to that Zap Foundation that we're keeping inside of the Realogy family and certainly inside of Century 21, but we've actually partnered with another company called Real Savvy to produce what we're calling almost like our 2.0 or our next generation technology. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things that we've learned, Christopher, and certainly myself from, from being in this business a really long time, is that technology is constantly flowing, right? If you go to the NAR trade room floor, you will see vendor after vendor after vendor that are bringing the latest, greatest real estate technologies. And the truth of the matter is that the difficult part is none of them across the board integrate or talk with one another. And so what we're going to, the model we've moved to is this kind of open architecture platform, which is what we consider next generation to basically allow real estate professionals, whether it's the brokerage who's providing it or the local agent who wants to plug in their specific technology that they love into this open architecture platform so that the thing will talk from cradle to grave, if you will, from you know the CRM component all the way through the closing and then dripping to that consumer and customer later on down the road. Yeah, I know the real savvy uh, founder. I see him in the gym every morning. Great guy. Say, he's an awesome guy, right? They're based yeah, down yep. there. Yep, Rick Orr. So on the integration side, are y'all using realsync.com to integrate all these platforms? Uh, you know, I honestly, when you talk uh, technology to me, Christopher, you're going like way above yeah. the head. Um, so no, I, I, I'm not sure what we're using from, uh, from that standpoint. There's, there's a tool that, or there's a company out of Austin I personally invested in and they have, I don't know, they're 
hundreds and hundreds of brokerages that use it. And so it'll integrate your Legion systems with your CRM and it'll pass data real time between both of them. So it maps the data fields from Legion systems to CRM and then back. So if somebody unsubscribes in your CRM, tells that other Legion system like, hey, stop sending emails and then CRM to transaction management and then transaction management could connect to like Dash, which is the intranet system for Realogy, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, so to that point, right? I mean, you just, you just made a perfect point for me, which is like, if you look at any one of our brokerages, they're using half a dozen to 20 different technologies. And then sometimes those agents inside of the brokerage are using something completely different, right? And, and what I think we found out over the long term, because you hear a lot, of, a lot of people out there in the marketplace saying that they're, they're creating something from the very beginning to the very end. And, and Keller Williams, right? Agents, what's that? KW, Keller Williams. Yeah, well, whoever it is, right? Compass, right? Yeah. So I, I think we found out um, since we, you know, rolled out Zap and used some other technologies that it, it just, it, it doesn't necessarily work as perfectly as one might think. And you're never going to be able to force feed an agent or an entrepreneur to use something that you created uh, for whatever specific reason, even if it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, I, I have examples where, you know, one top agent in a brokerage won't use another technology because another top agent in that same <laughs> brokerage uses it. Right. It's just, it's just the way of our business. So what you're saying is, is the value of an agnostic inter integration platform is highly valuable. Uh, you know, we, we believe so. Yeah. Cool. Well, I feel good about my, uh, my investment in real sync then. <laughs> That's what they do. Um, cool. So what, tell me about, um, you know, like how you go about finding franchisees. How do you go about like decide, you know, when you're going through that vetting process of like who to partner with, like, how do you know who's going to be successful when you, and then my third question, I'm sorry, I'm just hammering you <laughs> is like, when you look at all of the collective franchisees you've got, like, what is it about, what are the unique, um, attributes, characteristics of your franchise partners that are just crushing it and, you know, doing really, really well. So I apologize, three questions all at once, but. Um, no, I think, I think those are really great, really fair questions. So, so uh, number one, how do we go about the product? I mean, we have an entire development team that's across the globe looking for brokers and owners that first and foremost fit into what we would call our culture, right? Um, what part of the vetting process is oftentimes these folks will either one come to New Jersey and visit with us. Or as an example, we just had 30 companies from across the country and around the globe, one from Italy uh, that came out to LA for our 121 conference. And I think the first and foremost is that they've got to understand what the culture of the brand is like and whether or not they see themselves inside of an organization like Century 21 and lining up with our mission and our vision, which is really to, to put the the end consumer, the customer very first and serve their needs above and beyond anything else. And you hear that a lot out there, but it's, it's something that's near and dear to our heart and, and something that we want to hear that is near and dear to theirs as well. Once you see those two cultures colliding, um, you know, your, your second part of your question is a good one in that, you know, we, we have successful Century 21 companies and offices that look completely different in completely different markets. So as an example, our, our, one of our largest franchisees runs uh, over 100 offices. They do 20,000 transaction sides. They're fully leveraged, fully integrated across you know, six different states. 
and they are a highly profitable, great brokerage that just runs their company differently than, you know, like as an example, a yeah. smaller niche team uh, that, you know, has call it 50 or 60 agents driven by a team leader uh, that's in one market out of one office. So I think- What, I th what is it? So the show's title is CEO Secrets. What is it that makes that guy so successful? Which one? The one that's got, you know, across six states, he's, you know, doing that, what, thousands of transactions. What, um, what is it that, you know, when you look at him com compared to maybe some of your partners that are struggling, what is it that he has? Like, what are his, what's his secret sauce? What is it innately in him that makes him who he is to, you know, be so successful? Yeah, I mean, I, I think anything in life, whether you're, um, whether you're a top performing team or you're that guy who's got, you know, 20,000 transaction size, I think one is you've got you've to be focused on what the goal is for you or your organization. Because, I mean, I've said this earlier, Christopher, and I think you probably think it's true as well. When you're recruiting people onto your team, there's probably a certain profile that fits what you want, yet people probably flex in that profile and are able to still succeed inside your system, but they probably succeed for three things. In my mind, and I say this all the time, is one, their attitude and their mindset and the way that they wake up every single day and are, you know, yep. they go about life in that, in that positive mental attitude, super grateful for what they have, but always looking at the positive, the optimistic side. Yep. Number two is that they're always willing to learn. I think one of the greatest things about our Century 21 system is you, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. There's somebody in our organization who has tried to do what you're trying to accomplish and has either failed at it, succeeded at it, or, you know, has, has something to share. And so I think, you know, you're constantly looking at how to up your game, how to improve your skills and techniques. You, you mentioned it earlier. This, this business is constantly evolving, but there is nothing that you can't teach yourself in order to have success in this business. It's just the truth up and down. So the big key takeaway, big key secret for any successful CEO is focus. Yeah. I couldn't, yeah, that's, that's, that's hard to do, you know? It when is, man. It is in your business, right? Driver and entrepreneurial, it's, man, focus is hard. It, it's completely hard. And I think, you know, the, the last and most important thing out of all of it, honestly, is the actions you take every single day. It's, it's getting up and, and, you know, hitting, hitting your feet, hitting the floor and you executing on your plan. And again, whether, you know, whether you want, you know, how you run your business and your strategy on how you're trying to grow your organization or your personal, you know, business as an entrepreneur, if you're mm -hmm. a sales professional is, mm -hmm. um, and everybody's a CEO in this business, right? You, you're running your own company. And so, you know, you need to take action on whatever it is that's your goal and focus on that and, and keep it tight man. keep it to, you know, those three or five things that are really going to make the difference in what you're trying to accomplish versus just getting so busy and so over the top with all the, shiny objects and different approaches that you can take in order to have success. What are you most excited about with Century 21? And, you know, as we're going full steam ahead into 2020. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think it's our mission, our vision. I, 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 here's, here's the end of the day is that we have more real estate professionals in this business than we ever have. And I think it is the person who's going to win at the end of the day is that, is that company who looks at this as a long-term play and is, consistently focused on the consumer experience, meaning that they above all things in the 
180 plus steps that it takes to get somebody from, you know, the time they make an offer through the time that they actually give them the keys and close on their home is worried about that consumer experience, the communication and every step along the way. Cause let's be honest, Christopher, we're, we, we live in a, in a world and, and service customers in what is, you know, their single largest financial transaction, super mm -hmm. emotional. And, you know, our business is not known to have a great experience from top to bottom because we as professionals are, are trying to wrangle and, and put together so many different people in the process that it, it becomes really cumbersome on our consumer. And the more and more we deliver back and, and, and make this an experience versus a transaction, I think it's those professionals who are going to win. And obviously, as you know, as a guy who's done this a ton and has ultra success in a bunch of different markets, you're going to win that repeat and referral business time and time again. So you're the uh, president and CEO of Century 21. What do you feel like is your largest key performance indicator in your role um, for the stakeholders? Like what's the one KPI you try to stay focused on, um, you know, to, to make your, you know, the, the shareholders uh, happy? Yeah. Well, shareholders, shareholders and customers are two different things, right? So yeah. to me, to me, my, my, I mean, you know, if you're going to look at the KPIs that our team is constantly looking at is we score something called our quality service survey. Right. And since 1991, the, the, the professionals in our organization who scored 90% or above and are really intentional about how they deliver to their consumer do double the amount of business that everybody else in the system does. And so to me, we're constantly looking at our quality service surveys and we're constantly looking now at what we call our real satisfied rankings, which, you know, you may use those in your local markets as well. Um, and, and how, how many, how many of our agents have customers who are saying that they're willing to refer them or to use them again. And, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I think that's what's going to drive our businesses for the long term and keep people and, and professionals and entrepreneurs healthy in this business for a long run. It's funny because there's a statistic out there about, you know, how many uh, consumers would use their real estate professional again um, from NAR. Well, here's the truth of the matter that the number, the number is really high, but then people don't do it. You know why? Because 50% of those agents are out of business within seven or eight years, because this is not a long-term business for people. Yeah. So well, how, how many, um, how many franchisees are you guys? What's your goal? Like how many new franchisees are you trying to bring on each month to the Century 21 brand? Yeah, well, so I mean, just just as an example, you know, the last two years we've had continued growth, right? We're now in, we're 134,000 sales professionals, we're 11,000 plus offices, um, you know. Is that Realogy the whole brand or just Century 21? Century 21, so. Okay. Um, wow, yeah, I didn't realize that, 100, over 130,000 agents, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I and, and again, those statistics constantly jump. But I, I don't think to your point, I don't think yeah. it's, it's really about how many, like who's got the biggest army. Um, yeah. I think I think you've got to be in this business for the long term. And, you know, again, whether you're running a brokerage and you're, you know, you're an owner, um, manager, mm -hmm. broker, building a, a, a larger team like you are, uh, you know, where you're you have you know, a lot of different people inside of the organization spread out around, you know, in multiple countries, it sounds like you're in. Um, at the end of the day, we've got to, you know, we've got a plan for what does this business look like? And, you know, what, what am I building for myself, right? I mean, you got to have some type of 
of enterprise value of equity in what you're putting together. So hopefully at some point, you know, we don't have 401ks in this business or things of that nature. You go out and, you know, do your, your own investing to the side, but like, what are you going to do at the end of it when you're ready to pack up and move on or, or, or retire out of this business? You want to, you want to build something that has enterprise value and equity value. So, you know, to me, it's, it's about, again, building something that's for the long term that eventually you turn over, whether it's sell to a brand like Century 21 or. That brings up a great point. Great question. So like, what is, What's the multiple right now that um, Realogy or Century 21 is offering to buy somebody's uh, brokerage? What kind of multiple can people? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So I, we were just uh, we were just at our conference. As I told you, we had Steve Murray from Real Trends, who you're probably familiar with. To me, yep. one of the one of the foremost experts in our business across the board uh, as it relates to not just valuing uh, real estate brokerages or businesses, but also um, also in, in, you know, putting deals together. Um, and you know, it, it depends what market you're in. I mean, you know, you're, you're always looking between somewhere between two and four, uh, is a multiple that's relatively healthy. If you have a healthy company, I could say this, that two to four on, on EBITDA or gross yeah, on EBITDA. revenue. EBITDA. Yeah. yeah. So man, you um, know, one of the, one of the biggest pain points with, for anybody in this business that goes to sell is so when you sell, they want you on typically like a two year minimum earnout, And so it's like, why even sell if your multiple is going to be two times and you're going to have to be in the business for two years. Right. It's like, it makes it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, makes it tough to want to sell unless you're going to get a much larger multiple. Well, and again, I think it's, you know, what's, what's the end game. And I, I, to your point, um, there's a lot of brokerages, uh, companies, owners who think that way. Um, there's others who, you know, see a brighter horizon where they're like, Hey, look, you know, and I see this all the time, honestly, Christopher, is that you've got what 80 to 90,000 residential real estate brokerages across this country. Right. Um, I would probably guess if I'm just going to throw a number out there that a majority of them are, uh, you know, brokerages where the owner is also out there selling real estate. They're, they're not necessarily running their business. They're chief cook and bottle washer. And I think that, you know, (laughs) you know, you, you sometimes get into this business thinking that, Hey, you know what? It's, uh, it'll be great if I, you know, throw my name up on the sign and I don't have to, you know, pay somebody else, you know, uh, a portion of what I've earned. Um, and then you get into it and you realize, oh, wait, I, you know, like I got to clean the toilets and I got to fill up the copier with ink. And then all of a sudden you get a bunch of agents under you and now they're looking for marketing and tools and technology and help and training and, you know, dotting I's and crossing T's. And it's like, well, wait a second. I, you know, this is, this is like more time than I bargained for. I'm, I'm probably, I'm a great salesperson and an awesome real estate professional. And like, I'd probably make more money and be happier with my life if I just stuck to what I do really, really well. And that's, you know, buying and selling houses for customers. And so, you know, people look at it and they say, well, what, what am I going to do this for? Why don't I create a one plus one equals five scenario versus, you know, continuing to slog it out and, you know, be everything to everybody. So what, um, so it, it makes, I guess it makes a lot of sense for somebody to sell if they're in that position where they're the solo, like they're the agent and the broker owner. Um, and they could put themselves in a position where they just focus on being an agent and let somebody else run the brokerage side. 
get some economies of scale. So that definitely makes a lot of sense. So, so let me, let me, let me pause there for a second. Cause I, I think Christopher, I think one of the big things in our business over literally the next, you know, bunch of years here will be, um, you know, we, we are not exactly the youngest industry that's out there. There, you know, I think the average age is somewhere in the, in the mid to, you know, uh, higher fifties years old. And, and I, I see an opportunity for a lot of just sales professionals to really take a look at their business and what they've built in a specific market over years at a time and, you know, understand how they build some enterprise value, something that they can refer and sell out and, you know, recoup some of, you know, what they built with their name in their marketplace for, for many, many years and, and try to get some, some type of equity out of that. Right. Some type of, uh, some type of, uh, sale, if you will. So I don't, I don't think it's just brokerages. I think there's like agents should be thinking about ways that they can, you know, succeed out of this business and bring in the next generation because, you know, let's, let's face it. That's, that's where the home buyers and sellers are moving. You got 90 million millennials out there who are, you know, they say that millennials are going to be 50% of the mortgages in the country this year. So, um, you know, those are definitely going to be the next wave of home buyers and sellers. At some point we got to, you know, be able to, bring younger people into the business who can, you know, translate to the home buyers and sellers and what they're looking like. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, man, it's, it, this is a very interesting time in, uh, in real estate for sure. I mean, you're pretty young, right? I mean, you're like what, 40 in your early forties. Um, I'm actually mid, I, I just had a birthday last week and turned 46, but I, I'm not as yeah. young as you. I could tell that. Yeah. Well, not that much older. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at your LinkedIn and I, I looked at when you graduated high school. So did you, did you graduate college and go straight to Realogy? I noticed on your LinkedIn profile, it said you were a VP of sales for Realogy. Was that your first job out of college? Hey, my first job out of college. Yeah. No. So I, I tell people, believe it or not, I got, I, I kind of joke around. I got started in the mailroom. I, I did go, I graduated uh, Westchester university and went right to send it at the time. It was a company called send If you remember um, not only it was, Realogy, they own the real estate component in the Real Realogy franchise group as it sits today, but they also operated the Wyndham Hotel Group and Avis and Budget Rent a Car. And it was like one of the first, you know, big conglomerates that was out there. And then a bunch of years later, they split up and went into four different divisions. But I literally got started at the ground level renewing Century 21 franchises back in 1998. It was a, an interesting time, and I learned a lot since then. So I, I, you know, I'm agnostic to brand, right? Like I'm an independent broker, you know, I don't fly on anybody's, anybody's flag. And, um, I, I meet lots of people. I'm in Keller Williams backyard. I've got lots of friends at EXP and, um, you know, everybody's throwing, everybody's throwing stones at each other. Right. And I'm, I'm just, I'm independent totally. Um, you know, outside of all these, uh, you know, brands throwing stones at each other. The thing, um, you know, a lot of EXP agents say about um, Realogy, obviously they talk a lot about right now, which maybe you're aware of or you're not, but they talk a lot about the stock price of Realogy and, you know, the amount of debt Realogy has. Like, what's your, what's your feedback to those um, folks at EXP that are all high and I'll, I'll feel like they're flying high on the EXP stock and the rev share model. What's your, uh, what's your feedback to them about the uh, Realogy stock price and the debt and all that? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of feedback outside of saying there's there's definitely something for everybody in this world. Um, you know, if you look at the amount of competition, you can always say that there's going to be new entrants that come and go in this market. Um, you know, I remember names like 
Foxton's and others that were discount models that were broker Jones. I think EXP is an interesting model. I think, you know, if, if agents can have success and they think that, um, you know, the, uh, the stock is what they like to do because they're great recruiters. Um, and that's an incentive mm -hmm. for them. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I would say that if you look at Realogy, Realogy is really the only company out there that's profitable, right? I mean, you know, I, I what's, what's EXP's EBITDA uh, on a yearly basis. So you know, look, it, it, there, there's definitely something for everybody. It's not to say that their growth hasn't been fantastic. Um, I do think at the end of the day, the purpose of business is to make a profit. Um, we've seen a nice little leap, you know, in, in our world, uh, because I think if you look at what happened to um, a company like WeWork, as an example, like, you know, Regis has been around for a really, really long time. Um, and WeWork's come in and they got, you know, infused with a bunch of investment dollars and, you know, it's exciting, but, you know, they go to be public and, you know, spin out an IPO. And, you know, when you lift up the hood and take a real look at their financials, um, you know, things are a little bit different. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I what, like I said, there's what, something for everybody out there, but. What is the, what's the leadership at, so you're, you know, you're all, you're hundred percent focused on Century 21, growing Century 21, the brand all that stuff. But like, what's the leadership at Realogy say about the stock price? Cause like, I mean, at one point Realogy stock was, um, you know, North of $50 a share yeah. just, just like five years ago. And, you know, and, and the last five years, the market's been growing, you know, going like this. And, you know, now the real estate, it went from 50 bucks a share down to $9. Like the real, like the leadership's you know, team has to be saying something to you guys about like, what's going on? Like, what's the, What's their feedback? What are they saying? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're kind of staying the course on our strategy and our model. Um, it's worked well for us. It, it doesn't, you know, doesn't feel great that, you know, you're, you're a company that has, uh, you know, the earnings that we do and the growth that we've seen and, and, you know, be undervalued, we think. Right. And so, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that we've done uh, from a, from a publicly traded company standpoint to, you know, um, increase our value and to help, you know, get more uh, investors excited about what we're doing. Um, and, you know, you can read those in our 10K and see what we've done out there as far as, um, you know, buying back stock and reducing debt and all that good stuff. And, you know, we think we're a solid company. And like I said, one of the only companies in the, in the residential real estate space that actually makes money. So we, we feel good about it. And we're just, as I said, trying to be focused on our strategy, not getting caught up with all the other stuff that happens out there. Yeah. You know, from again, I'm agnostic around the brand. And so I, I happened to dig into this prior to you coming on the show today and Realogy, um, the, you know, the conglomerate, if you will, controls over a million transactions, six point, I wrote all this down, 6.1 billion in revenue made a net income of 137 million. This was for 2018, by the way. Um, and so that's a pretty substantial amount of money. And you, and you, you know, you bring up a really solid point that a lot of these, um, guys coming up, up the ranks, if you will, that have, have raised a lot of money and are, you know, trying to disrupt the industry. You know, it's like a lot of them don't have a, a way to make money, you know, like they're, they, the unit economics don't make sense. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm purely asking from a very, what's the word I'm looking for. I, I really don't have a, a, a fight in the game, if you will. It's just, um, I see the, the back end of Realogy because it's a publicly traded company. It's making north of a hundred million dollars net, um, per year. And, um, 
you know, and I'm like, why is the stock price going from 50 bucks to $9 when it makes over a hundred million net per year? Um, so anyways, just more of a curiosity thing. Yeah, no, it's a, I mean, it's a great question. I, I think, uh, I think, look, um, I'd certainly like the stock price to be higher as well. I think everybody would. And I think, I think with our strategy, when you look at our CEO, Ryan Schneider, and some of the focus and some of the things that he's brought to our organization in the last few years, it's exciting. And um, we're looking forward to continue to capitalize and, and stay focused. So, um, I'm saying this from a very selfish perspective, but um, I, so I know what you guys are doing with Real Savvy and the Op City guys. Um, cause they're all in my backyard. And so that's I have right, like, that's right. They're all Austin based, right? Yeah. And so like, I have, I have a lot of, I was at, um, Ben Rubenstein's, uh, place for a Super Bowl party and they were telling me about the deal they were putting together with you guys with real savvy. And, um, so, you know, I have kind of an interesting insight and, um, you, you have an interesting, uh, take on, uh, on technology. And um, I think if there's anything maybe you and I could probably both validate and leave for the people watching this is that, um, you know, for us in real estate, we don't have technical background. So a lot of us that speak about like the technology component and like how it can help our business, most of us can only speak from our failures, which is what happened right. to me. I, I, I uh, you know, I went out and built this crazy robust uh, Salesforce instance. We spent over a million bucks and in my mind, I was thinking like I wanted this all in one solution because I was tired of us logging in all these systems, them not talking to each other. And so we spent three years going down this path, outside developers, internal Salesforce administrators, et cetera. And um, after all of this, basically what I learned is it's, it's not that we actually need an all in one solution. We just, we need an open architecture where they all speak to each other. And so, um, I don't know who you would tell uh, this to at um, at Realogy, but you need to, I guess, Zap Labs. Maybe is it Zap Labs, right? They're just outside of San Francisco. You should you should tell them to look into what um, RealSync is doing because I'm 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 biased because I'm an investor in it. But my team was one of the beta testers, uh -huh. and we tied we we like literally uh, put in our username and password for one for uh, three different Legion systems to pump the leads into our CRM. And previously, before we had the integrations done, um, you know, we were mail parsing them in where we got like first name, last name, email, and phone. And the downside of that was whenever the consumer re-engaged with the, um, you know, that third-party Legion system, like they scheduled a show, they clicked schedule a showing or did something like that didn't get piped over because only with mail parsing does it push over email, phone, you know, like basic details and only does it once. And so you need a robust bi-directional integration. And nobody want, none of these technology companies want to build that bridge between the platforms because once you build a bridge somebody's got to maintain it and so we we spun up um we used real sync as beta testers this was about a year a year and a half a year ago and um our lead volume went up three to four hundred percent per system we integrated wow. to our crm and then when we were able to um, uh, integrate our CRM to transaction management platform, it, it literally saved um, our, you know, for our team in Austin, for example, we can reduce our headcount, like the amount of people required for all the double data entry of transaction details. Yeah. And then, and then um, my, our office manager, 
Like this would be a pretty cool use case for you guys. I was just going to ask you what, when you were wrapped up with this, yeah. would you, would you from, obviously you learned a lot and we, we, like I said earlier, we learn a lot from our failures, but would yeah. you, knowing what you know today, would you have gone back through that process and said, Hey, let me, let me try to figure out from a technology standpoint through the build, yeah. go through that process and the spend and all that other stuff. Never and done it again. I would have never, I would never do it again. But, but what I learned out of it is the power of integration. And so um, I'm, I'm, you know, and then it gave me the opportunity to invest in this uh, company called RealSync. Um, but I would not do it again. I would go out and find like the best in class tools for lead gen systems, for CRM, transaction management, intranet, and then just connect them. And yeah. not, not a lot of people know that this even exists yet. I, they were on uh, start, RealSync was on Startup Alley, I think uh, two years ago. And, um, so like, you know, they're growing super fast though. I, uh, the guy named, uh, Mike McAnally is the founder and he was at a uh, middleware company here in Austin. And, um, I was sharing with him all my problem challenges with all these different platforms. And so he was at a middleware company solving this for fortune 500 companies. <laughs> and so he was like, dude, I can, I can make this, I can solve this in real estate. So anyways, um, well, I, I, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot to learn there. Right. I mean, and, and I think that, you know, again, even, you know, if you look at ways things are done um, in Austin, the way real estate is done is in Austin and, and your board and your MLS and all that stuff, it, it's done completely different in Dallas, right? And, and Oklahoma City. Um, and, and, you know, if you look at Southern California, you, you change the way you close on a deal or, or an, a, you know, a transaction in Northern California than you do in Southern California. So I think, you know, our business is so fragmented and everybody says it's always location, location, location-based. It's so true. And across state lines and the rules and the regs. And so I do think that to your point, you know, the, the, if you can just have that kind of that sync up where everything's plugged into, um, you know, I can't even tell you the, the amount of different technologies that we use across just our brand in different marketplaces. And I think that every agent is going to want something different, unique, and, and something that, that they like versus what other folks have. And, you know, if you look at the hundreds and millions of dollars that are getting poured into this space, billions at some point, billions, right? Yeah, billions, came yeah. back from Inman and it was up to whatever it is, 50 billion last year. It's just these crazy numbers. Um, I, I think it's, I think here's the great news, right? At the end of the day, as many, as much technology as they're out there, as much as people are investing, folks are still using real estate professionals because they know the value in what we bring to the equation every single day and how hard it is to get through this process. And they need somebody who's going to service their needs and understand that expert equation that will get them to the closing table and get the keys in their hand. That's the good yep. news. Yep. Man, this is this has been great. We've shared a lot of nuggets in the past uh, past hour. Before we go, I'm just curious, what are your favorite industry conferences to go to for people that are watching this? Um, where where what are you like? Where are you gaining you know your industry knowledge, if you will, um, about what's going on? Like, how do you keep up? Where where are you going? Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, so uh, we talked a lot about the Inmans and, and, you know, you can go to the real trends and, and certainly the Swanapol stuff. And they're, they're all really good and really interesting. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I get the most out of getting back into the basics with 
folks who are out there on like literally talking about uh, like the Mike Ferries, the Tom Ferries, the Jared James, talking about how to do this business and how to stick to the basic fundamentals um, and things that are going to make you more effective and efficient. Because at the end of the day, this is, this is a human business and we've got to be out there as sales professionals getting in front of home buyers and home sellers if we want to, if we want to continue to move the needle and service our clients. So um, that's where I always have the, mo the most fun because you truly see that this business um, is not that difficult and, and you can learn a lot about it and teach yourself anything to have success. Uh, I do think when you start getting into the realm of, you know, teams like you're running and, and expanding as large entrepreneurs are across offices and regions, uh, it, it becomes a whole different ball game and you got to really start looking at, you know, how you're running your business with technology and making yourself more efficient and all those other things. But um, to me, for the sales professionals, it's literally getting back to the basics and, and doing the things that matter in this business in order to have success. Are you going to be going to the T3 event? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'll be there. Okay. That's just an hour and a half south of me. So you got to, we got to, we got to hook up when you come down here. I'd lo love to share a cup of coffee or hang out for a little bit more, Christopher. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for being on the show, CEO Secrets. Um, I hope the key thesis everybody takes away from this is the, the power of focus and how it's, how it's, you know, go find other people that have failed. Don't feel like you got to reinvent the wheel. Find people that have failed, learn what not to do, and then go follow in their footsteps and things, you know, success leaves clues is saying, right? Um, so Michael, again, thanks so much for being on CEO Secrets, guys. Uh, if you guys commented in the Facebook thing with any questions, I'll, um, I haven't been paying attention to it, but I'll uh, answer any questions and I'll ping Michael if anything pops up. Uh, again, Michael, thanks for all your insights and being on CEO Secrets today. Thanks, Christopher. Appreciate the time, buddy. Have a great yeah, rest absolutely. of the week. Bye, everybody. Take care, guys. Want more CEO secrets? If so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team at www.themilliondollarrealestateteam.com for free. Inside this book, you'll find my top secrets that we've used to net $1 million in just three years.